This podcast is sponsored by O's. O's is a premium disposable flavored vape. It comes in 12 delicious flavors and all ingredients are made in the United States. I'm personally in love with the lemon tart. It's practically always in my hand. If you vape and have not tried O's yet, you can head on over to letsoz.com. That's L-E-T-S-O-Z-E.com. You can order now and use my promo code HARMONY and get 30% off your order. Again, that's O's.com, promo code HARMONY. This episode is sponsored by Doom & Groom. Doom & Groom are a craft hair, skin, beard, and tattoo care company based in Denver, Colorado. Their oils, balms, butters, and pomades are great for use from head to toe, keeping your hair and skin healthy and hydrated. All of their products are unisex, dye-free, chemical-free, plastic-free, and organic. Head on over to doomandgroom.net and use my code HARMONYDOOM for 10% off your purchase. Once again, that is doomandgroom.net, promo code HARMONYDOOM. (laughs) Okay, let me be honest right now. Hi, I've had a lot of espresso, so this episode's gonna be fun. If uh, you're still here, what's up? My name is Harmony, and uh, let's go ahead and begin, shall we? Before you leave me <laughs> please don't go so i wanted to uh i wanted to mix a case and kind of a conspiracy theory together because this case just it floors me it baffles me i find it to be amazing and just really intriguing but it also leaves you wondering if some conspiracy talk or like some things that other people are looking into could be a reality today i'm going to ask you Do you believe that we live in a simulation? Because the strange death of tech founder Aaron Valenti may leave you thinking we do. And now to the latest in the death investigation of Utah CEO Aaron Valenti. Now, Valenti disappeared in California, and yesterday reports are that her body was found inside a parked car. Now, we know this is a developing story. ABC4's Nicole Newman joining us live now. Aaron Valenti was a 33-year-old CEO. And in early October 2019, she decided to take a business trip from Utah to California. She did this in order to participate in a three-day workshop and tech conference. Now, as I said, Erin was a CEO. She had a company called Tinker Ventures. And this company had previously endorsed brain-machine interface technology. Now, I know that was a lot to take in, but in case you're wondering what the fuck that is, I gotcha. Basically, this is machine learning and neuroscience stuff. While on this trip, Erin frantically calls her parents and says, it's all a game. It's a thought experiment. Guys, I'm going to warn you, this does get a little bit fucking weird. But it's so interesting because of the fact that so many people do believe we live in a simulation. So Erin frantically calls her parents and is like, it's all a game. Uh, we're living in a thought experiment and uh, it just gets creepier and a little bit more freaky. Erin even states, we're in the matrix. The matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. So after all of this, which her husband and her mother talk to her until about midnight, then their calls begin to go straight to voicemail. 
Aaron's not answering anymore. She had this like, you know, frantic freaking out that we're all in the matrix. And then all of a sudden you can't reach her and keep in mind they're in Utah. She's in California. So it's not like they can just get in the car and see if they can find her. Maybe she's just having like, you know, a breakdown somewhere. And you know, it's like, she's got a lot going on. She's the CEO of a business. They can't do that. They have no way of reaching her. So then she misses her flight home. And a few days later, Aaron is found dead. And that leaves everyone wondering, what exactly happened to Aaron Valenti? Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. They asked if I wanted a drink before I came on, and I asked for a pint, but they gave me water. So, <laughs> so following the other speakers, I have a change of pace, a little bit of a fun talk. And what I'm going to try and do is convince you you're a simulation and that physics can prove it. Okay. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about Aaron Valenti. Aaron grew up in Fairpoint, New York, and was described as being smart and energetic. Erin was also said to always be thinking and creating things, but her ideas were often considered crazy. You know, just a kid with a bunch of crazy ideas. She became a graduate in business administration from Georgetown University. So those crazy ideas got her far. She also took classes in Chinese language, culture, and business practices. Now here's something that is a huge issue in our world today. Human trafficking. Erin was a huge advocate against human trafficking, as I would hope you are as well. However, Erin was a volunteer for Not For Sale. This is a nonprofit organization that fights against human trafficking and modern day slavery. And if you didn't know, there is, in fact, a lot of modern day slavery. But that is not what this episode is about, so let's go ahead and continue before I get sidetracked and talk about a whole bunch of shit that I don't want to open up right now. Now, Erin was married and her husband's name was Harrison Weinstein. Now, Harrison is a psychologist and he insisted that his wife has no history of mental illness. He even states that she has never had any mental health diagnoses, no hospitalization, no substance use, and no arrest. She basically has no history of just, you know, going MIA or having a, an episode and saying that she believes something wholeheartedly. This is not usual for her at all. So like, you know, this is not normal. He goes on to even state this is incredibly unlike her. Eventually, Erin and her husband moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, and this is where Erin started Tinker Ventures. Monday. It is Monday, and uh, we've decided to launch Tinker and Tweak on a whim this morning. Who's Tinker and who's Tweak? We, see, the thing is, I'm Tinker and Tweak. Okay. Tweak is my evil alter ego that says things that no one's supposed to say out loud. All right. And you have a Tinker and a Tweak inside of you. We all have Tinker and Tweaks inside of us, and they operate in the Tinkerverse. <laughs> We're here right now in the kiln, in the kiln, which is like soon to be Tinker's new headquarters. Yeah. Yeah, and where Sky and I are going to be creating content about technology products. We have a lot of technology products to make content for, and it's gonna get crazy. Our settings are gonna be good. Our topics and guests are gonna be even better. 
Tinker Ventures is a web development company. And if you go to their site, tinkerventures.co, which is just CO, um, it states that we design and develop badass applications for iOS, Android, and the web. According to close friends of Erin, she contracted remote staff from Pakistan, and this made the company, well, very profitable. Again, as we hear, outsourcing is a very real thing in this country. So this brings us all the way back to 2019, when Erin plans a business trip to Orange County for a tech conference. Now from Orange County, she had planned to go and meet with friends in Silicon Valley. She even made a post on Facebook, which is her last one to date, uh, obviously. Sorry, that, that was grim. At September 26th at 12.54 a.m., Erin posted her very last status, headed to San Francisco and LA soon. Who's around? DM me. In the week of October 1st, 2019, Erin flew out to Orange County, California. Now she went out here for this three-day professional development workshop. You guys know who Tony Robbins is, so think of it like that. It's like a Tony Robbins uh, three-day workshop designed for leaders, but for business owners and Tony Robbins is not there. Her mother, Agnes Valenti, remembers her daughter talking excitedly on the phone about going home and starting something brand new while she was there. A few days after all of this at the workshop, she flies out to Silicon Valley to visit with old friends and like past colleagues. This brings us to October 7th, 2019. This is when Erin begins making a series of rather strange phone calls to her husband Harrison and her mother Agnes. Now both Harrison and Agnes state that Erin was definitely a bit out of character. Like that's the direct quote was she was out of character. Everything she was saying, how she was being, how she was acting was not at all like her. They went on to say that she spoke very fast and very erratic and that what she was saying wasn't making much sense at all. Now this brings us back to the most infamous sentence that is mentioned with this case. When Aaron tells her mother, it's all a game, it's a thought experiment, we're in the matrix. Now, not only was Erin saying these things, but she also told them that she was going to miss her flight and the vehicle that she was driving was low on gas. Now again, her husband and her mother took turns talking to her on the phone until about midnight. This is when all of the calls just would go right to voicemail. She didn't answer, she was just gone. I'm in, I'm in the kiln right now, walking around. This is gonna be our new office. And the reason it's going to be our new office is because they do cool shit like putting in a giant freaking pink ball pit. Who would have wanted a pink ball pit in their office? The kiln, the people that operate at the kiln. Like As you can hear, Erin is very excited for Tinker Ventures and all that is heading her way. So it's definitely weird that she would just all of a sudden disappear. But that's exactly what happened. Later that night, Erin missed her flight from Palo Alto Airport to Utah. Now reportedly, Erin was last spotted on Almaden Expressway and Camden Avenue in San Jose, California. It was said that she had on a white t-shirt and ripped up blue jeans. At this point, Erin's case was sent to the San Jose Police Department. However, just five days later, she was found dead in her car. I apologize. She was actually found dead in the back seat of her rental car. My apologies. 
Like I said, this shit gets fucking weird. Seriously, you're going to be left scratching your head. Now, she was found in a Almaden neighborhood, like in a legitimate neighborhood with houses and kids that play outside type neighborhood. There were no signs that she had been attacked or any physical assault on her at all. And according to police and reports, there were no drugs in her system either. Okay, so let's talk about the reports and a little bit about the police here. Basically the investigation and all that went down. So shortly after the calls with her mom and her husband, the police actually went out and started searching for Erin. You see, this was so strange that her family decided to go to the police and let them know that something is wrong. This is when the family let them know this is what she's driving, you know, the details of the car, including the make, the model, and the license plate. Because, you know, last her husband and her mother knew, this is where she was. She was in that car. So why not? That car was a Nissan Murano and it was a 2020. Yeah, this case is super recent, guys. It was gray and it even had a plate number of 8LUD641 and it was registered to obviously California. So bases covered, they knew what she should be located in. Now here's where it gets even crazier. The police spoke to Erin that night. That night, the very last night that she was, I'm assuming alive. I'm not positive, I don't know because it's all crazy. But the very last night that anyone talked to her, the police were one of them. This is going to get weirder. Seriously, just hold on to your butts. The police also stated that she did seem to be like acting kind of strange. She was being bizarre. At this point, Aaron's husband reached out to their cell phone company, Verizon. He was trying to find the last place that Aaron's cell phone had pinged. This was on Menlo Drive, just north of Almaden Expressway to be exact. But then, just a few more times, her phone started pinging in streets just up north before it was officially shut off. At this point, police start looking all around the area and they even go around to hospitals for several hours trying to see if maybe Erin got hurt or just anything. They don't find her though, anywhere. Um, the, 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 I, mean, I think here's, in my mind, like the, the, the strongest argument for, the, for us being in a simulation, probably being in a simulation, I think is the following. Um, that, that 40, call it 40, 40 years ago, we had Pong, like two rectangles and a dot. That right. was what games were. Um, now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. Mm-hmm. And soon we'll have you know, virtual reality, of augmented reality. Um, if you assume any rate of improvement at all, um, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Okay, now most rental vehicles have like some sort of tracking device on them because, you know, people steal cars, <laughs> duh. However, this one did not, which is kind of an interesting fact if, if I do say so myself. Her husband and her mother both tried to use like find my phone type apps, but all of them were unsuccessful and they could not locate Aaron at all. You would think with everything going on that even with the police saying that, yeah, she was being a little bit bizarre. 
Now, you would think at this point, with all that's going on, you know, she just goes MIA, she's kind of got this bizarre behavior, and she's talking about us living in a simulation. And the police even state that mm, she's definitely being a bit weird. You would think that she immediately would go as, you know, like filed as a missing person, right? Like that's just normal. That's just what you do, right? Okay. But that's not what happened. That is not at all what happened. In fact, the police decide to wait to file an official missing person. Like, you know, the whole, okay, Aaron's missing. This has officially been done. They wait until October 10th. Yeah, once again, in another case, the police have sort of dropped the ball. All right, so let's continue. Now, by this point, by the time that they decide, okay, you know what? I guess she's missing and the police allow the report to go through. Her husband and her mother have not heard from Erin in three days. She completely missed her flight. She's not home. They have no idea where she is and she hasn't been seen. Listen, it gets weirder and you're probably going to get pretty frustrated or confused by the police's actions in this case because I fucking am. Now, the police state that the reason this was like this, why they waited a few days, is because according to them, her disappearance wasn't exactly a, quote, top priority. Sorry, I don't know what happened to my word there. Top priority. <laughs> I sounded drunk and I haven't even had a drink in like, oh, like two weeks. I don't even know. I don't drink that much, like, no. After quarantine, I, I think I drank too much during quarantine. I'm not a big fan anymore. So the police are over here just like, <laughs> missing, maybe. I don't know, I don't think so. We know, she'll come back, eventually, you'll see. Yeah, it wasn't, it just wasn't anything for them. Again, you're gonna get frustrated because it does get worse. Now they stated that, you know, she's an adult and uh, she came here to take a few days off and maybe that's what she's doing. Maybe because she's here in sunny California, she decided, hmm, I'm going to enjoy it. Obviously, when you do such things on a whim and you become spontaneous, you don't tell anyone because where's the fun in that? <laughs> Logic. Now, okay, yeah, I'm seeming like I'm frustrated and this does sound crazy, but in all truth, on a real perspective, people have done this. So yeah, okay, I do understand the police just being like, listen, this happens, but also oh, uh, she was acting a little bit weird. Like, could you just look into it a little bit sooner? You don't have to wait three days. You could you could kind of be like, hey, you know, she's an adult, but we'll check into it just to make sure. You know, like, I, I don't know. Find a middle ground. Now, the police's reasoning as to why as well that, you know, maybe she wanted to take this time off is because, like most people, they're dealing with stuff in their everyday, you know, life that is just, it's a bit for them. Like, they're stressed out and they need a breather. You know, like a breather from maybe an abusive partner or stress at, at work. Maybe your home life is really, really bad and you, you need to get away because you have to figure out what you're going to do or just... I don't know, but that was their kind of like thinking. Okay, I'll give it to them. This is kind of a thing that's, yeah, that's very true. You know, people struggle with abusive partners. People do have bad, shitty home lives. However, it's not always the case. So maybe I'm just crazy, but maybe you shouldn't treat every case as if it is the same. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just talking. I don't know. I'm not a cop. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job. <sighs> so anywho. Now, according to the uh, department spokesperson, Sergeant Gray states that if you're over 18, you have the right. 
As in like, if you are over 18, you're a legal adult. If you want to disappear, guess what? No one can really stop you. Yeah, and in some circumstances, like you can get slammed with lawsuits and you can get charges, but still, you do have the right to leave. But again, like you guys heard Erin. Hold on, let me refresh your memory because she's super excited. Let me just, let me ask you, does this sound like a woman who just I, would leave? I don't know. I don't know. Because again, you know, sometimes it is the, the most unsuspecting that are the most unhappy. But just just listen with all that you know currently. Listen. Like these people over here. Hello. Um, have you guys gotten in the ball pit yet? Yes, absolutely. What? There's $50,000 in there. It costs $44,000 to put all these. $24,000 to put these balls in here. It represents $10,000 that was raised. And altogether it was $500. It was, this is women, women companies and their revenue, right? Absolutely. So one ball is $10,000 and there are $500 million of revenue represented in this ball pit. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you should jump in this ball pit with me right now. Let's go. Let's All right, it. let's do it. <laughs> All right, gotta turn this thing around. Okay. Should I go first or you wanna go first? Hold on a second. Can I record you? Yes. Okay. Like this? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, ready? Go for it's it. Only it's one foot feet. <laughs> I was gonna so warn you. I'm gonna have to use some technique. Let's go. <laughs> Woo! So again, it doesn't sound, you know, from a onlooker's perspective, like she would just decide to peace out for a few days and at least not tell anybody. But again, I don't know. I don't know. I cannot say she would or wouldn't. I didn't know her. And I also don't know what anyone would do from their perspective. But for mine, it's just weird. Now let's add a little bit more as to why I don't think that she would just disappear. <clears throat> she was about to win an award. Sadly, Erin would never receive this award. Women Tech Council posted on October 12, 2019. Our hearts are broken. We have just learned that our friend, community member, and fellow technology leader, Erin Valenti's body has been found. We honored her this week for her entrepreneurial excellence, her incredible career, and work. Our thoughts and prayers are with her husband, family, and colleagues around the world. And here we are, back to a few days later after she went missing and the police were just like dragging their feet and she's found in the backseat of her rental car. You know, the very same one that the police were told about every single detail, that one in a neighborhood, like a legitimate neighborhood. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure we're on the same page. Police are investigating the mysterious death of a Fairport native who was the CEO of a Utah-based tech company. 34-year-old Erin Valenti was reported missing one week ago today. She was found dead Saturday in San Jose, California. Valenti was last seen in Palo Alto driving a rental car to fly out of San Jose. Her body was found inside of that vehicle. It's not clear yet why she was in California. Alarms were raised when she failed to show up for the Utah Woman Tech Council Awards, where she was a finalist. That's when investigators discovered she'd never returned the rental car and missed her flight back to Utah. I saw the car there, but I didn't, never dawned on me somebody was in there. What a shock, what a shock. But I'm glad that they found her because they've been looking for her for three days.
Valenti was the CEO of Tinker, a Utah-based tech company. Her parents still live in Fairport. The Santa Clara County Coroner's Office is working to determine the manner and cause of Valenti's death. I forgot to mention one teensy-weensy little thing about the official missing persons uh, filing that the police did. When they filed it, they, uh, they filed Erin as voluntarily missing. Now, this probably does go back to the fact that she's over 18 and you are absolutely allowed to just, you know, peace out for a moment. I think. It's, it's, it's frowned upon. It's definitely frowned upon. And you can get in trouble, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. So she's voluntarily missing, according to them. Even though, again, they thought she was acting a little bit weird. But, you know, ah, whatever. She just needed, like, a mojito on the beach by herself. <laughs> Calm down, I promise. She's good. She's good. She's just tipping my ties. I promise. <clears throat> but again, I'm not here to tell the police how to do their job. Now, because the police were very much not believing that anything could like be happening to Erin, that she was on her own accord and, you know, she'd be fine. They were not actively searching for her, like, really at all. Again, it's voluntarily, so why should they? At least that's their mindset. This is when Erin's family decided to take matters into their own hands the best way that they knew how. Bam! Social media. This is when they created a Facebook group called Help Fine Aaron Valenti. They were like, dude, fuck this. If you're not gonna help, we'll do something. And honestly, one of the biggest ways to get anything done or reach out to anyone is through social media. Now, this did exactly what they wanted it to do. It fucking worked. The page ended up getting the attention of locals in the area where Aaron was last seen. So these people joined the group and volunteered on their own accord to search for her. Good fucking people right there, seriously. Thank you, you're a good person. So several families actually went and drove around the area. They used their drones. They checked any and everywhere that they could in hopes that they could find some something that would let them know where Erin was, what happened to her, or her. After the group has been created and they've been looking, their search is going on, nobody finds anything until, well, un until somebody does. One of the volunteers in the group actually located Aaron's rental car. That's right, they found her Nissan in a residential area in a quiet San Jose neighborhood. Oh, do you want to know the really fun part about this? It was only half a mile away from her last known location. But again, the police couldn't have been bothered to even just do like a little stroll around the neighborhood. Mm. No. <laughs> but again, I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. <clears throat> Sorry, let's continue. When her vehicle was checked, you know, checking around, looking inside, this is when her body was located in the back seat of the car. Not the front, not the driver's, not even the passenger, the back. At this point, the, the coroner's office did not officially state that, yes, this is Erin. However, her husband and her mother were able to identify her and state, yes, that is that is Aaron. Sorry, I, that's just, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. You know, the police really, they did a horrible, just horrible botched fucking job on this. And it, it pisses me off. It pisses me off how many times I have to tell you guys about cases where the police are just like, fuck it. I don't care. 
Anyways, <laughs> let's continue. Now, the police did eventually investigate into something. However, it was her death, you know, the after effect. Not like they could have possibly tried to prevent that because they talked to her when she was still alive. But, you know, okay, let's continue. So the San Jose Police Department investigate into her death and decide that there's no evidence of foul play. She has no evidence that she was attacked, she was assaulted, nothing. There's no blood in her car and there's no trace of any like illegal substances in her blood. Now at this time, officials still could not determine exactly when Erin had passed away or to add on to that exactly how she had passed away. They also did not know how long she had been laying in her car until someone happened to find her. Then throughout the investigation, police had learned that her car had been parked there for five days. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So let me continue with this uh, incidence of something that could have possibly not happened if the police could have just been doing their fucking job. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me continue. So this, this whole thing means that after Erin just went MIA with the phone calls and stopped answering, she then misses her flight. So she then, after missing her flight, decides to drive up to some random neighborhood in San Jose, park her car, and I don't know, get out and walk around to the back seat, jump in, climb through the back seat. I don't know, she gets in the back seat though. Then this is when she dies in some some manner and then just lays there for days going completely unnoticed residents that lived around the area did even talk about the fact that they were not even sure about what exactly had happened some remember seeing her car some do not remember seeing her car some swear they drove by nobody was like parked over where she was and then others say no they they saw it for for a few days there was a person that went on record that lives in the neighborhood and stated that it was really strange to them because they're a very tight neighborhood and if they notice anything unusual, they start kind of like, they, they check it out or they say something or they ask somebody about it. However, no one really seemed to notice that this was something strange to anyone who did see it. It was just like, oh, it's a car. Or it just, it didn't really, it went unnoticed is is what this person stated and it was it's it's odd it is odd because this isn't like some huge neighborhood it is a neighborhood where it does seem like people are outside a lot they're they're out with their kids you know that kind of thing you know a time before covid we'll, we'll go with that now i know i've been sitting here saying that the police dropped the ball on this they did not do well they just did they didn't give two shits however i'm not the only one and i'm sure some of you out there think that they did as well but Aaron's father, Joseph Valenti, also firmly, wholeheartedly believes that the San Jose Police Department completely just, they botched her case. They mishandled it, they didn't do what they should have, and it's just, it, it's a lot of it is on them. Who knows what could have not happened or how else it could have played out if they just would have taken initiative and do what, I don't know, forgive me for saying this, but a police, like, policing in a policing needed situation what they should be doing you know their job sorry i get frustrated and my words don't make sense my apologies bottom line they did fuck up and i agree with aaron's father and i don't know maybe you will too but i'm sure somebody listening right now absolutely is like oh yeah no they fucked up 
Aaron's cause of death is being investigated by the Santa Clara County's coroner's office. And what makes this news even more heartbreaking is it comes just a matter of days from what would have been Aaron's 34th birthday. Live in Sandy, Nicole Newman, ABC4 News. Now, I don't care who you are. Her death and the way everything went down is really strange. Like, you can admit that. It's fucking weird. She literally spoke to her husband and her mother and the police and then just decides to turn her phone off and park her car over in a neighborhood half a mile from where she was last located only to, I don't know, lay down and pass away and then be found days later. It's really weird. Now, I want to go over some of these theories that people believe may have been the reason for, for what happened to Aaron. In August of 2019, the CEO of Overstock, Patrick Byron, well, wouldn't you know, Patrick issued a statement that month and said, I resign. And this is all due to being involved in, quote, political espionage. Well, here's the connection to Aaron. Aaron did used to work for Overstock. And remember, she did have a meeting with former colleagues. And basically that's it. Like maybe, maybe she was involved with that and uh, she came back and it, it pissed off the wrong person. That's, I don't know, but that's kind of the claim. So yeah. The whole bottom line on that though is it, it, that whole aspect on what that theory is, is a very big own conspiracy in its own. And this whole case is already a bunch of conspiracy stuff and based literally on a sentence about a conspiracy that so many people in the world believe. So like, I can only talk about so many conspiracies in one episode or my brain will implode. Another theory goes that the eco-terrorist group known as the Individualist Tending Towards the Wild, or you can also call them the ITS, well, wouldn't you know, they claim to be responsible for the death of Aaron. They also say that they are responsible for the death of Tashar Atre. On November 9th, 2019, the ITS released communication saying that they had murdered tech executive Tushar Altre and Aaron Valenti. Now let me go ahead and read to you this direct quote that was released by the ITS. <clears throat> I'm gonna get in character because this is super fucked up. All right, wishing death to all of civilization. Our group of extremists happily murdered tech executives in the West Coast. Tushara Altre and Aaron Valenti. We conducted these killings for no other reason than the symbolism of seeing two flimsy appendages of the techno-industrial system laying first in agony and then motionless before us. That shit is fucking dark. Fake or not, just trying to become famous or get some sort of like, I don't know, infam I don't, I don't know. That's still fucking dark and super, super twisted. Now I'm going to go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. We may not know what happened to Aaron Valenti, but there is no evidence to back up this claim. All the evidence suggests that the ITS is not involved with Aaron Valenti's death. So this brings us to the oddest part of this whole case. What Aaron said to her mother. It's all a game. It's a thought experiment. We're in the Matrix. Now, the Matrix is this idea that the universe and everything that is made up of it is simply a simulation. You, me, your dog, the food you just ate, everything is simply a simulation. As you know, this is most popular and most known due to the movies, well, the Matrix trilogy that you know that that thing i don't know if you've ever heard of it or anything 
like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. People who believe in simulation theory and uh, the matrix or that, you know, like we're in a game, this isn't real. Oh, well, real is like a... It's such a vague word when it comes to this, but basically that this, what you're experiencing, is somewhat an illusion. Think, you know, real life sims. They believe that at some point, humanity became so advanced. So advanced that like our human consciousness, something that we're still like not even fully understanding. Well, I'm not even kidding guys. We don't understand a lot about our own selves. But at that, at somewhere, somewhere along the point, we fully became understanding of ourselves. Like we were just like, holy shit. Okay, so like we got it. And uh, yeah, so they, they figured out the key to human consciousness. So understood that you could replicate it. This means that we decided to, uh, you know, use it, create it, go for it. And uh, here it is, what, what we're existing in. Now, the evidence behind all of this is the amount of our growth in technology in just the past several years. You can choose the amount if you'd like. What I'm stating is because of how fast our technological growth has just boomed, people think that it is absolutely possible that we are in fact living in our own personal game of The Sims. Boomer, Samso Mog, Bonji. Oh, second day. <laughs> so, I mean, is it is it possible that we we have advanced so fast that at some point we could end up completely replicating what we currently exist in? I'm not going to say no. I'm not because at someone at 34 years old, I have seen so many advancements in my lifetime that I'm not going to say that that is not possible. I can literally go to one of my friend's houses right now, put on a headset, and stand on a platform in the middle of some badass place and take lightsabers and hit cubes to music. But it's like I'm there. Like right there. But when I was little, <laughs> I played Snake on a phone the size of a brick. And that was after I didn't have a phone because if I needed to contact somebody, I had to wait till I saw them in person. Or I'd write them a letter. So in my opinion, yes, I think that it is very likely that one day we could get there. I just don't know if it's now. I don't know if we are there now. Maybe in like a couple hundred years. Who knows? Maybe we are in a simulation, but that's not the point. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Let me continue so we can end this, this show because I know this episode is going to get long and I'm sorry. But if like with technology having advanced the way that it has in just this like span of the past, let's say 40 years like Elon Musk did, uh, and it keeps continuing on. Who's to say that we are not actually already in a simulation? Honestly, I don't think anyone can. Yeah. Go live in the simulation. Yeah, I mean, it, in the simulation. some Ready Player One type shit that's real. Elon Musk even went on to state that with the, the rate of our technology, and let's say this happened, the odds that you and I are in base reality are one in billions. Now remember, this is all just a theory, the simulation theory, which I really want to like get into. I think I've talked about it before, but I really want to dive into that more because I've learned a lot more, especially when it comes to like quantum physics and dimensions and so much. Now let's talk about something when it comes to this, the simulation theory, just real fast. 
The thing is, is we have and are currently developing so many things that already replicate our movements and uh, can get to know us to mimic us. I mean, in every household right now, there is basically a robot. Your phone, Alexa, Siri, so forth. There is AI surrounding us. We are interacting and becoming more and more advanced. Now, let's talk about the fact that Aaron's company, Tinker Ventures, did also, uh, you know, have some involvement with, uh, well, a lot of fucking technology. And as I mentioned, brain interface and neuroscience. Now, Aaron's company, Tinker Venture, also primarily worked with a company called Control Labs. This was founded by Thomas Reardon of Microsoft fame. Now, this is important because this company is uh, seeking a future where machines and people sort of share their thoughts and movement, become one in a way. Now, this can sound really odd and crazy, but this is what they're truly striving for. This is what they're doing there. They want machines to become like a natural extension of our thoughts and our, our movements, us. Now, it's not as simple as like a, a little machine just like watching you and getting to know you. Now, Control Labs will connect our nervous system to our technology that we use every day. This will allow our brain to send the commands through our muscles and our arms, making it just, you know, super, super sensitive that we don't even have to move any part of our body to make it work. The controller just, quote, gets the idea. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. But, but like the thing is, is as I don't mean crazy, like, dude, that sounds just like off your rocker. Crazy as in like, I can't believe that kind of technology is legitimately being developed. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know if that's going to make us more lazy as humans or if that's going to be like super fucking radtastic. I don't know. Could be a shit show. Could be the best thing ever. It just honestly sounds like some serious black mirror shit. I also want to let you guys know that all of this technology that's being created is going to be supposedly non-invasive. At least that is what the claim from Control Labs is. According to Control Labs, the next step, which we are apparently extremely close to, is going to be that this technology can simply read our intention directly from our brain. Now, because she worked for, or I'm sorry, worked with this lab and with the beliefs of Thomas Reardon and what they're aiming and working toward has led to a lot of people to have like their own little conspiracy. Okay, it's not little. It's actually the like big conspiracy that everybody kind of believes. People out there truly believe that Erin stumbled upon the truth, that she found proof that we as a society, as a world, as a universe, as people, are simply living in a simulation. Finally, in February of 2020, Aaron Valenti did receive an official cause of death. Aaron Valenti died of natural causes after an acute manic episode. Now, this doesn't specify in any way what exactly did kill her. Now, if you remember, Aaron's husband said that she had no drug uh, like addictions or issues, no mental health issues, none of that. However, Aaron did have a thyroid condition that she was treated with with medication. Now, with your thyroid, which can be a very dangerous issue if you have problems with it, it's stated that with the thyroid condition, you know, it's possible that this could have been the reason that she ended up passing away if it was left untreated since she was no longer on medication because Aaron believed that this had been taken care of. However, when they checked the blood, it was, quote, 
unsatisfactory for an analysis. The San Jose Medical Examiner's Office also noted that due to her electronic communications and just the way she seemed to be acting on there, seemed as though these were symptoms of a quote, manic episode. Eventually, it was released that they believed her death was due to an undiagnosed mental illness, bipolar disorder. In case you are unfamiliar with bipolar disorder or BPD, this is a disorder in which people experience moods of extreme highs and extreme lows. Now, BPD is often gone completely undiagnosed. Now, according to psychologists, uh, after a severe manic episode, people with BPD fall into a severe depression, they have irritability, and this is where at this point they begin to attempt to take their life. Suicide attempts are actually extremely common with most people who suffer with BPD. This does not always mean that they are suicidal. It is because they cannot stabilize their mood that oftentimes they get lost in either a manic episode or their depression and something happens. So in this case, Erin was experiencing, according to the examiner's office and what they're claiming, experiencing this manic episode just like shortly after she visited with her friends out in Silicon Valley. So during this episode, she decides to call her parents and her husband and is having these like frantic freakouts and talking to them about being in this thought experiment and that we are in the matrix. If she's experiencing any sort of, you know, mental instability, especially if she's out in Silicon Valley where technology is everywhere and this is what she's doing for a living and she's not able to grasp reality wholly, she could 100% believe this, but that might not be obviously related to her death, but that could make sense to why she's talking about that. Again, that's not that hard to believe as her company worked with a lab that is working on basically us being able to control robots and shit. Like, come on, that's kind of rad. But, but like, back to the point. So it makes sense that she could mention that. So then they say that maybe she, uh, she went to the airport and all of a sudden she's rushed with like sadness and depression and anxiety. And instead of going inside and, you know, getting on her flight, she decides to head to a nearby neighborhood. And then she just lays down in the back seat and somehow passes away. Now, let's say that Aaron could have possibly committed suicide. The, uh, the issue is, is we don't know a method. It's, it's very unclear. Like how, how that's the, that's the thing. How did she actually die? Now, just because we might not know, or it might not be clear, doesn't mean it's not unlikely. A study actually was conducted where they went to several, I mean like over 200 entrepreneurs and uh, did this little poll about mental illness. In this study, they found out that at least 49% of these entrepreneurs had at least one mental illness. Let's compare this to someone who was a non-entrepreneur in this same study. They were less likely to have a mental illness, not by a whole lot, but they were less likely. In this study, they found out that these entrepreneurs suffered from a range of mental illnesses, from ADHD to depression to anxiety to BPD, and many even had substance abuse. So this is 49% of people in this little group stating that they have this and they identified it. When they, when they were asked, they said yes. In a poll, by the way, also conducted in 2017 on the United States, it was discovered that major depressive episodes were higher among adult females. 
it comes in at 8.7% compared to males at 5.3%. So coupling all of that, they believe that there is a, a connection from mental health disorders or an illness to entrepreneurship. And this has also been talked about, brought up, and uh, had another conspiracy involved with, Aaron Schwartz. But we'll talk about him on another episode. So here we are, the end of the episode. All right, you, this brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you guys are interested in looking more into Aaron Valenti's case, I encourage you to do so. It is quite the perplexing, leaves you just completely mind-boggled and confused. If that's your thing, you should go ahead and just dig a little gander at her case. I hope you guys are safe and sound, and I love you so much for coming here every week to listen to what I create for you, and we discuss some of the most dark, morbid, fucked up shit out there. So, I guess, until the next episode, this is me, saying, love you later, bye!